this episode, we're going to look at adding in Google Maps into our Rails application with Stimulus.js. So if we create a new record here, when we go into our search location, if we start typing in a street address or a place, then you'll see that it'll automatically pop up with an autocomplete. And when we click on this, it's going to automatically fill out the latitude and longitude, as well as update our map with that location. Once we create the place, then we'll just render a static map of the record based on our latitude and longitude. And you will need to get an API key from Google, and I'll post a link to this in the show notes. But you basically just sign in into the Google Cloud Platform console and you follow through, and then you go through these steps to create your API key. And with our API key, we're going to use the Google Maps JavaScript API, and that's going to be for interacting with our map. We're also going to use the Places API, and that'll allow us to do the autocomplete. And then on the show page of our places, we'll use the Maps Static API, and that's just to render a static map that's not interactive. We'll first start off with a fresh Rails 6 application, and we'll generate a scaffold for our places, and we'll just take in a few parameters. We'll have a name, which will be a string by default, and then we'll have our latitude, and that's going to be a decimal, and then our longitude, which is also going to be a decimal. And once that's done, we could also go ahead and run Rails Webpacker, install, and then stimulus. And this will install our stimulus library and get it set up for us. And then in our application.html ERB, we can include the API with a JavaScript include tag, and I'll paste it in here. And the important bit is that you'll be passing your API key over to here. So this API key will be able to be read by anyone who is inspecting your source code. So in your API, it's important to restrict it to only your origin so that they can't consume your key on their website. And it's also good not to put it in plain text here. So I'm going to use an environment variable and I just call this the maps API key. You could use Rails credentials or something similar. And then we can also specify what libraries we want to use. So the main one that we need to add in here is the places API. And then we're also going to do something a little bit interesting, and that's called the async. And we'll set this to true. And we'll also take our defer and set this to true. And then we can set the data turbo links eval, and we'll set this to false. So that way we're not reloading this on each different page load that we make. And essentially what the async and defer will do is to tell our application not to wait on the Google Maps API to load before finish rendering the page. Because this is an external library, Google may have some latency on their side, and we don't want that to affect the general experience on ours. However, we will find that this does cause a potential problem. And the problem that we would most often see is if our JavaScript is getting initialized before the Google Maps API library, has been brought into our application. And so one thing that we can do is to provide a callback parameter when we are getting our API, and we'll call this the dispatch maps event. And I found this function that Sam Stevenson had written, where once the maps API loads in, then it's going to call, then it's going to call the dispatch maps event, and that'll trigger the Google Maps callback. And from there, when we initialize our stimulus controller, 
we could have a data action that is listening on the event Google Maps callback at the window. And then we could have this run in action on our stimulus controller to initialize the maps. So at that point, we know that the Google Maps API is loaded and we now have access to the Google object. So I'll copy this dispatch maps event function. And for now, I'm just going to put it in my packs application.js and I'll just paste it in here. Next, we'll go ahead and create a controller in our JavaScript controllers and let's just call this the maps controller.js. We'll start out with the standard stimulus boilerplate code and then we will have a few different targets. So the first target is our field for the search input. We need one for our map as well. And then we need to be able to get our latitude as well as the longitude. And so when we're on the edit page or a new page for our places, we could check if the type of Google is not equal to undefined. If Google did happen to already load, then we could go ahead and run our function, and that is to initialize our map. And we can create that function down here. And basically, to initialize our map, we're going to have a few different things. We're going to have a map function, and that's going to be interacting with our actual map to initialize it and to display the map. So in a new record, there's not going to be any data points to show on the map, but if we are editing an existing record, which does have a latitude and longitude, then we can use these targets to then set those data points on the map when it loads. And then we also want to have the marker show up. So we just get that little pin drop at our location. And then we also want to have some autocomplete. And so these are gonna be the three different functions that we need in order to get our maps working. So we could do some JavaScript memoization where we first check and we have a this dot underscore map is undefined. Then we can do something. And then we always want to return this dot underscore map. So everywhere else within the stimulus controller, we could just reference it with this dot map and it'll call this function. If this dot underscore map is undefined, then we'll initialize our map and then we'll return it. If it is already defined, then we're simply just going to return the map. So we can set this dot underscore map is equal to the new Google Maps dot map. And then we want to reference what our target is. And it's going to be this dot map target. And in stimulus, that just refers up to here. And then we'll create that on our front end in a few minutes. And then we can pass in some options. So we can have a center, and that's where we're going to center the map. And then we could also have a zoom. And a zoom of 17 is a pretty good zoom, so you can see enough of what the location is, but not too much. And for our center, we need to create a new object, and that's going to be on the google.maps.latlong. And we could get this.latitude, target dot value and then we also need to pass in this dot longitude target dot value and within our form for our places we can go ahead and add in our data controller and we'll just set that to our maps we then add in that action and that's going to be the google dash maps dash callback at our window and we want to send this to our maps and then using the hashtag for the action we then specify our action which is the initialize map. We then set our latitude and longitude targets with a data 
and then target. Let's add to the maps.latitude and longitude. And for some styling here, I'll add the class form-control. And then we still need two more targets. We need one for our search field. So I'll just copy down the form above. I'll rename this to our search. And instead of a text field, we could actually use a search field. And then we can create our data target for the maps.field. And one thing about a search option is that a lot of times it's almost habit to hit enter when selecting a particular object from the dropdown. And we want to prevent it from actually submitting the form, but just selecting that field. So we can create an action off of this. And the easiest way to do this is to just detect on the key down. And on the key down, we'll call our maps and let's call the function prevent submit. And another thing is that this search field is not an actual record on our places model, and we're not actually doing anything with it on the server side. So there's no reason for us to send this data from the client side back to our server because we're already getting the necessary information from it. So if we set a name to nil on here, then that's going to exclude it from sending back this data to our server. And then we could add a div tag which I like just doing the content tag div. We're not going to put any content in it, but then have a data target on our maps. And this target is going to be our map. And we can also add some styling, which I'll just do off screen. And it's basically just making a maximum width for our screen with a minimum height for our maps container. And so we can test this out now. We don't have our search function working yet, but if we manually just put in our latitude, and if we put in a longitude, once we submit it and then come back, then you see that it is updated to those latitude and longitude coordinates. So next, let's go ahead and build in our search and also the prevent submit override from accidentally hitting the enter key. So back in our stimulus controller, we can build in our autocomplete and we're going to do something very similar to what we did up here with the memoization. So I'll just copy and paste that in. And we're also going to do the same thing on the marker. So I'll go ahead and paste that in. But in each one of these cases, instead of calling it map, we're going to call it the respective function name. So we have our underscore marker and underscore autocomplete. So for the autocomplete, we can set this equal to a new google.maps.places.autocomplete. And we need to reference a target, and that's going to be our search field. So it'll be this.fieldTarget. We then also need to take this object and we need to bind it to the bounds of our map. So we can set binds to the bounds, and then we can reference our map. And again, we're going to select our map by calling this.map as a function. And again, that's just going to return this underscore map, which is our Google map. We then set some fields. And this is basically just a list of fields that your API will be using. So we have something like the address components, the geometry icon and name of the place. And so once this autocomplete has finished and you've selected the place, we need to have some kind of listener event. So we do a add listener. We want to listen on the event place underscore changed. And when a place changes, meaning that you have selected it from the dropdown, we can call another internal function to then say that our location has changed so we need to update our map. 
We can do that with a this dot, and let's just call this new function, the location changed. We want to bind this, and not the actual event of the place changed. So we can have our location change function, and we want to take our place, and it's going to be this dot autocomplete. And again, we don't call just this dot autocomplete. We need to call the function, and then from the function, we can get the place. And the places API can be pretty complex to work with, or at least just really confusing. So this one example that they have on their documentation, it's actually a really good and a pretty complete example. So we can take some of these examples, like if the place does not have some geometry, then we can give an error. If it does have some geometry, and if we're within a viewport, then we can fit the bounds, we can set the center, reset the zoom, we can make our marker set the position to the location, and make the marker visible. So let's take some of this. So we'll put in that guard clause, and then we can also fit our bounds and set our center, and then create our marker. So we have this dot map, and again we call it from our function, we can fit the bounds from our place dot geometry and the viewport. We could take our map again and set the center to the place dot geometry dot location, and we can take our marker, calling the function for our marker, we can set the position, and that's going to be our place dot geometry dot location, and then we can take our marker and we can make it visible. And before we go create our function for the marker, once the location has changed, we've updated the map, but then we also need to populate our latitude and longitude on our actual form fields. So we can take this uh, latitude target, we can take our value, and we want to set it to the place uh, geometry dot location, and then the latitude, and then we can do the same thing for the longitude, and then we call the LNG. So the user has used the autocomplete, they typed in an address or a place, they selected one, and then updates our map to show that place, and then we update our form field with the latitude and longitude based on that selection. And so for the marker, we can say this dot underscore marker is equal to a new Google Maps dot marker, and we'll need to pass in some options. We need to pass in our map object, which is this dot map, and then we need to specify an anchor point, and that's with a new Google dot maps dot point. And for now, I'm just going to set it with a zero, zero point. And then we can create a hash for our map location, and we basically want to set it equal to our latitude and our longitude targets, but we want to make sure that these are a float. So we can parse a float, and then we'll set our keys. And with this map location, we can set this dot underscore marker, and then set position equal to our map location, and then we can take our this dot marker and set it visible is equal to true. And finally, if you remember from our form on the search field, we had this action, the prevent submit. So we need to create that function as well. So down at the bottom, I'll create the prevent submit function, and we can check the e dot key is equal to the enter key. Then we could do e dot prevent default, and that'll prevent the form from submitting. So coming back to our application, we can put in a place. We see that the autocomplete works, and as soon as we click on one of the autocompletes, we get our latitude and longitude populated, 
And then we're also updating the map with that location. Once we create our place, you see that it persists, the latitude and longitude, I didn't give it a name, but that's okay. If we go back and edit, you see that it still pops up. But once you edit the place, you may want to have a little image of that map with the location. And that's simple enough to do within the show page. And I'll just paste this in here to show you. So essentially, we are just creating an image tag to the Google's API for a static map. And we pass in some parameters for the zoom, the size. And then we need to pass in a parameter for the center. And that's just where we are interpolating in the latitude, comma, the longitude. And then we pass in our maps API key. Saving that, coming back and refreshing, you see that we then get the map. And if these zoom levels are too close for you, you can change them out to something like 15. And that's going to give you a bit further back view. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for watching.